Welcome back to Quantum Conversations. My name is Sarah, and I'm so excited to bring you another episode with my co-host, Carrie Bennett. We are really enjoying giving you this show and talking about these topics that seem really complex so that we can help them be a little bit more understandable to the everyday person. I just wanted to remind you to head down into the show notes to make sure you get my free resources and Carrie's free resources. We've both spent a lot of time compiling our favorite list of products, as well as how you can actually implement a lot of these things into your daily life for free using our guides. We also both have amazing courses that you have access to in the show notes as well. And we co-host a course together called Quantum Fertility. We've actually had some quantum fertility babies just born this summer, and we have several quantum fertility pregnancies going on right now where women were told that they were not going to get pregnant and we have been able to show them the way using these circadian principles and quantum biology and we're so grateful for this so make sure you head down to the show notes check out those resources check out those courses and if you are enjoying the show if you're watching on youtube make sure to subscribe to our channel hit the like button leave us a comment and if you're listening on the podcast app please head on over to apple or spotify leave us up to a five-star review since we are such a brand new show we want to make sure that we're getting this message out to as many people as possible again we want to make these concepts of quantum biology and circadian biology understandable and applicable to the everyday person. We want you to pull up a chair, come hang out and enjoy this conversation with me and Carrie and have a fantastic day. Hello everyone. Welcome back to another quantum conversations. And today we are going to go into FAQs that Carrie and I get all the time. That's right. You know, so you've probably been listening to a few of these episodes now and you're like, okay, I get it. I understand the importance. I see that we need to have light, our light environment modified, maybe or support circadian rhythm, but we really want to get into some of the nitty gritty details that we get asked a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And so just as a side note, if you're listening to this on audio only or on YouTube, we're going to have our guides, both of us, because we both have an FAQ guide. We're going to have those linked in the information section for you so that you can download them, print them out, and really just take all this information in. So make sure that you get those guides, but we're going to kind of talk through our most commonly asked questions. So Carrie, I'd love to hear yours. I want to know if they're similar. I've got my page one pulled up. We both have our guides pulled up. So we're like, let's yeah. Let's you know, dive into the most common ones. Here's here's one that I think is a good one to start with because it's common, but it's not as common as some of the other ones. Like, but I think you'll appreciate this one. And you know, we talk, Sarah, right? We talk about light and non-ADBMFs and water and electrons and mitochondrial mm-hmm. health. And so I typically get asked, what's the most important thing to start with? Like, what would be where would you start with all of this stuff? And to that, I say light for me is by far the most important thing to start with. Yeah. Above everything else, your light hygiene in a 24 hour day or light exposure, light environment. I would start there first before buying an analemma wand, before buying a red light panel, before getting some grounding shoes, before doing any of that other stuff. If your light is not where it needs to be, all that other stuff is going to be less effective in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And so then with light, you look at two things, get more morning sunlight, natural light. It doesn't have to be sunny. 
that's another one, right? It can be cloudy, rainy, snowy, foggy, foggy. As long as you go outside with naked eyes in natural light, you're going to get the signals. So spend more time outside in the morning and then block the artificial light at night. And if you can start with those two things, you're going a long way to resetting a healthy light environment. Yeah. And, and as far as the nighttime goes, I've got a free guide to using blue blockers. You're wearing blue blockers. Now those are a yellow tent. We say yellow in the day. If you're under artificial lights, take, take those off, take breaks from those. Mm -hmm. But after sunset, you want to wear orange or red glasses, um, orange. If you have to do a lot of things around the house, cause red, you're probably going to bump into stuff and trip and fall, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, orange is a great, orange is a great one to invest in first. So if you could only yeah. buy one and that's what I, another question I get buy an orange tone orange. pair of blue blockers. And Sarah, I think it'd be smart also for us to link our product recommendation guides, right? Yes. They're free guides. You can hear all the products that Sarah and I have personally vetted and we recommend for these things, including blue blocker recommendations. Yep. Absolutely. I know those are, those are Viva rays that you've got on there. These ones yeah. are Viva rays. Yep. The Viva yep. rays three and ones, but yep. there's, there, I mean, listen, I, we, we both vetted ones that run the, the big, the spectrum when it comes to mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. costs, ones that are more costly versus ones that are not costly, but still very effective. So you should find one that you would feel comfortable starting with and then uh, applying basically after sunset. Exactly. Exactly. So yes, light environment is number one. And then on my page, one of my guide, I'm looking at everything is like, when should I go outside to see the sun? Is it okay if I can't actually see the sun? So we've already talked, covered, is it okay? But when do people need to be going outside? Is there a specific time? I know the answer to this, but is there a specific time everyone can use to, to know when to go outside? Yeah. I mean, so the, what we have found is that there's this, the app that I found super beneficial about going outside is called the circadian app. Um, and and so that's what, again, you'll see that linked in probably both of our product recommendation Mm -hmm. guides and FAQs. And that app is developed by one of our colleagues, Bastion. And what Bastion recognizes is that because sunrise and UVA rise, and when we can make vitamin D with UVB, all these frequencies of light change, not only throughout the day, but also where you're located and throughout the year. And so he, he's a, he organized an app that lets you program in your location and you can basically see in one, in one app when sunrises. Yeah. So go outside at sunrise when UVA rises, that's, that's that morning appearance of UVA light. Yes. Go outside then as well. And also if you can make the vitamin D through your skin in the UVB window, all of it's listed in this app. So it's a very convenient thing to kind of get familiar with and to know uh, how to utilize the specific windows of time that he lists there. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, it's going to change. That's the thing. Cause everyone wants to know like, what time is it seven o'clock? And I'm like, maybe <laughs> it's, it might be seven o'clock if you're in September or April, you know, mm-hmm. might be, and it depends on where you are in the world. So every single day, it's at a little bit of a different time. And during the year that's going to flow and be a little bit of a different time. So there's never any like specific time, but you do want to hit sunrise and UVA windows and that circadian life app is awesome. And that'll be in our guides that are below also. And if you don't want to get the app, which getting the app is free, the full functionality of the app is free. But if you don't want to get the app, then just tell yourself between sunrise, which you can go to the weather app, like weather channel app and figure out when sunrise is between sunrise and two hours later, maximize your time outside. Yep. 
Yeah. If you can choose a time to take a a walk outside, it's going to be UVA, which we've talked about in other episodes. That's really a crucial time for hormone signaling, like your thyroid hormones, crucial time for neurotransmitters. Like it's a really, really big health upgrade. If you can actually do your walk at that time, if you do a morning walk. Right. Absolutely. I agree. Yep. And on that same token, you don't want to be wearing sunglasses and you don't want to be wearing contacts. If, if you at all possible, to, if yeah. at all possible, if you have to wear glasses, then I say kind of push them to the end of your nose. Yep. And why is that? Cause that's a huge common, commonly asked question. Because, because light needs to enter the eyes mm-hmm. and light while light has what's called wave particle duality work with me here, that means it can kind of bend around things. It's, it's still more impactful if we have naked eyes. So sunglasses basically act as trash bags, right? They cover, they cover the light, they block the light from entering the eyes and they're dark. So you're not going to get anywhere near the brightness uh, signaling from the sun, which is another signal we cue into. Um, uh, contact lenses, because they lay so flat, like directly on top of the eye, again, you're, they're going to change how light can enter the eye. And a lot of them also have UV shielding in them, UV films to prevent ultraviolet light from entering, because the thought is that ultraviolet light is this damaging frequency and it's going to cause all these eye issues. Um, and so eyeglasses are your best bet because the light can still get around, Mm -hmm. but it also, you can do exactly what Sarah said. You can put them at the bottom of your nose Mm -hmm. and I just like, you know, I don't wear glasses outside anymore, but like, you know, you, if I was, I was just like, put them on the top of my head and periodically just sky gaze, you yeah. know, look at clouds, yeah. look, get somewhere safe, get somewhere safe. Yeah. Don't do it down. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause people I'll get messages. Oh, I took my glasses off and I fell down and I'm like, well, well, be, yeah, please be, be safe, be, be safe and smart. Right. Yeah, Find a nice exactly. bench that you can sit on. Exactly. And that's the same reason why we can't really get the benefits of sunrise and UVA through a closed window with glass, because glass is also blocking those beneficial rays. We're not getting full spectrum sunlight because we have, you know, we don't want to damage furniture and, you know, all of these things that we've been, we're protected from UV when we're behind the glass. Right. Right. That's exactly it. Yeah. So yeah. Getting outside naked eyes. And if you, but if, if the best you can do right now is naked eyes through an open window, that still is beneficial, right? You're still going to get those light frequencies as well. Exactly. So what are your common questions around this whole like morning sunlight thing? Did I, do we cover all of them? Yeah. You know, the one that I get a lot is, well, can't I just get UVA in the evening window? Like, oh yeah, I get that one a lot too. Yeah. The app shows UVA rise in the morning Mm -hmm. for a certain chunk of time. And it also shows a UVA window in the evening, but the brain needs the morning appearance of UVA light. So we have to, you have to recognize that the sun layers itself on. And so at, at sunrise, there is no UV light as the sun reaches a certain height in the sky, then UVA appears. And at that point, then UVA stays the whole day. But then at some point, you know, there's going to be the UVB is going to appear. So the the UV is there and then the sun gets a little higher, UVB appears. So there's a window of time where you have all the light frequencies. So you have UVA, UVB, all the colors of the rainbow and infrared, which is like the middle of the day. And then as the sun starts to go down, eventually the UVB goes away. And that's, and then that's where you'll see in the app, what's called UVA time in the evening. It's not the same. 
because you need the signaling of UVA's appearance in the morning to kickstart all the pathways that Sarah was talking about earlier, from neurotransmitter balance to thyroid hormone balance to um, even, even metabolic optimization, levels of pain, libido, a lot of things can get optimized in that morning window of time. And you need the morning UVA to do that. Exactly. And as we have mentioned, you can get that um, even if it's cloudy, even if it's raining, any of those things, right? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing you have to be aware of is that there are places on this planet where there will be no UVB light at certain yes. times of the year. Exactly. So living, living in Michigan from the end of October till about the end of January, the sun never gets high enough in the sky for me to ever get D. UVB. Yeah. So yeah. I can't make vitamin D at all, but UVA will always be there unless you're in the far, far latitudes where there's periods of complete darkness all the time. Exactly. Exactly. What else on that thread? I'm trying to look at my guide here. Uh, well, you know, I mean, we, we, we talked about like, did, did we, did we say this in this one that you don't have to see the sunrise coming over the horizon? No, we didn't, but we need to talk about that. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Well, yeah, that's just a question I get. Do I need to actually see it coming over? No, because a lot of people live behind buildings or mountains or trees, or, you know, I'm in a Georgia, there's tons of trees everywhere. And yeah. I, have to hike out to like the main road to see it coming over the horizon, which with a baby and a, you know, my daughter, it's like, when do I get to do that? Almost never like once every couple of months, maybe. Um, so you still get all those full benefits, even if you don't see the sun actually coming up over the horizon, if you can sweet, do it. Awesome. But you're not going to lose benefits by not seeing that. Yeah, absolutely. The, the frequencies, the colors of light, the wavelengths of light that we that we need to optimize what Sarah and I are talking about, including kind of setting the circadian rhythm, are still going to be received, regardless of whether we can physically see the sun coming over the horizon or not. Exactly. And here's one I've been getting a lot. Do I have to be out there exactly at the beginning of sunrise in order to get the benefits of viewing sunrise? You know, that it's a great question. And it, mm -hmm. it actually varies though. That depends, right? Like for example, I've got, I have clients who have been really practicing strongly the circadian stuff for six months. And over the course of the past week or two, right. When sunrise became very early in her location, she missed, she missed that. She was 15 minutes late each time mm -hmm. is the body. Is, the body is not that stupid to yep. say, Oh no, like, uh, no, it's, you've missed sunrise. I don't know what time it is. Right. But she had, but she also spent six months being very consistent about it. Mm -hmm. And her body was, so her body already had a very strong circadian rhythm. So she missed sunrise a couple of times. It wasn't a big deal. If you're someone who is starting this off and, or you're on a chronic health journey, you have to try to get as close to, to sunrise as you can. But that being said, if you live in I don't know, Iceland or Greenland. Yeah. I was going to bring that one up. Summer, right. Yeah. Like we don't want you waking up at 3am to see the sunrise. No, mm -mm, no. Mm -mm, so mm -mm. like, that's a whole nother topic we can go into, but we do want you still getting outside in the morning. And when sunrise does appear in your area, let's say at six 30 or seven o'clock or at a more reasonable time to get out there, then yeah, try to be diligent, try to be consistent on the dot. Because when I take out my little light meter that shows colors, you, you'll see that in the, in the morning, like before the sun rises, there's a lot more red and infrared mm -hmm. light. And then this, what's going to happen is this wavelength, blue. the blue starts 
to slowly, slowly creep up until legitimately at sunrise, they're balanced. They're mm-hmm. even. And then blue actually starts to, to kind of dominate. So um, so that's a signal. That appearance of blue at that intensity is a kickoff signal to start kind of the circadian rhythm in the brain and the p- pathways that are optimized by the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland. So it can be a very beneficial thing for you to get consistently if it's doable for you. When I was starting this off, I think I started at the right time. I started it in like uh, September, which was, as Sarah said, that was like a 7 a.m. sunrise on, you know, 7, 7 to 8.30 was when sunrise was for me as I was starting this off. Not a big deal for me to get outside then and catch it consistently. Um, If I was living in a latitude where it was 3.30 a.m., it would have been a, a different story. It wouldn't have been something I could do consistently at that time. Totally. Yeah. And it's just, it's one of those things, like you just want to create a habit of it. I think once you start doing it, your body will naturally start waking you up with sunrise. Cause I get a lot of people like, what kind of alarm clock should I use? Do I need an alarm? And I'm like, you know, just try this out. If you really start to give your body that strong signal every single morning, you're going to start waking up with the sunrise just naturally, because that's just what your body wants to start doing. And that's, you know, that held true for me. I had super strong circadian health before I had my son, you know, and navigating circadian rhythms with a newborn and with a baby is like a whole new ball game. Like, cause some days you have been up nursing at like, you know, four in the morning and sunrise comes at six 30 and you are still asleep and you maybe sleep till seven. And it's like, okay, well, it's still within that sunrise window. I'm going to go out anyway. I'm not going to just say, Oh, the day's ruined. I've messed up my circadian health completely. Like you just go out anyway, you know, there are sometimes we have a bad night when we have kids or we have like just ourselves for whatever health issue pops up, you just get out there anyway. And don't let it say, Oh, I've just ruined my progress. Like you just go outside and do your best. Right. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm having to mute my mic. Cause it sounds like dinosaurs running around upstairs. <laughs> my kids are just speaking <laughs> of children all, jumping all over the place. Um, but yeah, no, you're exactly right about that. Do the best you can and be consistent with it. The brain will recognize all the colors it needs to be able to tell the accurate time of day. And I would, I would much rather you, let's say you had a garbage night's sleep. I would much rather you get the sleep that your body is asking for than force yourself to get up so that you can see sunrise right at sunrise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that here's the way I look at it. It's more dysregulating for us to stare at artificial light at night Mm -hmm. than it is to say, oh, I was 20 minutes late for sunrise or, uh, you know, like, or like I had to really sleep in. I was sick for the past week. I really just had to sleep and then get back at it. Your brain will sync up to the sun anytime or to natural light anytime, Mm -hmm. but that artificial light at night will, can can that night can affect your sleep negatively, can affect your hormone balance negatively. So if you're going to be diligent about one thing versus the other, I would much rather you be very diligent about blocking artificial light at night and then applying sunlight in the morning as you see fit for your lifestyle. And as Sarah said, that'll start to become more and more natural for you. You'll shift earlier and earlier your wake time and it'll just feel like it's no problem. Exactly. Yeah. Don't let perfect be the enemy of good with your morning routines and you're, you're in a healing journey. And so I think it, it, it has a cumulative effect. The sun in just sunlight exposure in general has this like nonlinear effect. So you maybe only get a minute one day, but you get 20 minutes the next day. 
it kind of evens out over those two days, right? Yeah. It's the consistent application of it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, exactly. so just don't go weeks on end without seeing that light. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> apply it consistently. Although, and you know, it, it's embarrassing. I used to, right. We all, I think, I think you've maybe had a similar story, right? Getting to the gym or getting someplace before the sun rose, teaching yep. classes under artificial yep. light, and then just never, never going ever, outside, except maybe to go walk to my car. Right, exactly. <laughs> with sunglasses on. With sunglasses it's on. easy to do in the modern world it now, is. just to like never actually get natural light because you're in your. Most people, what they do is they wake up and they've got their phone right next to their bed, which is like a big no-no for non-native EMF. You don't want to sleep with the phone next to you, especially charging next to your body. That's a really great way to kind of tap out the energy of your body, the energy potential of your body. But what they do is they'll look at the phone first thing. So they're getting like a signal that it's, you know, middle of the day and summer solstice. And then they turn on the lights and go through the house and get the ready for school and do their whole morning routine without actually going outside at all. And I don't know about you, but now, you know, I'll keep a pair of yellow blue blockers or orange blue blockers on my nightstand just in case there's a stray light on in the house. Oh, sure. Yeah. And then go straight outside before I do anything else. Like that's the yep. first thing that I do every single morning. Sometimes I pee first, Sarah. Well, but yeah. I, well I do that. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Sometimes there's a bathroom trip and a sip of water, you know, but <laughs> yeah. And here's the other thing with that though, because I think we also get into this circadian life and the quantum, you know, health journey and that we feel like it has to be perfect let's say you do walk through the house and there is a light on or someone's got the TV on. Um, and, but then you go outside and you sit outside for 15 minutes or so. Did you just wreck everything by glancing at an artificial light or TV for like five seconds? And your husband, he ruined it for you. No, you're fine. <laughs> exactly. Your brain, again, your brain, your body is not stupid. Like one little flash of a TV or light is not going to wreck your entire circadian morning routine, right? Exactly. You're no hundred percent. And what I find is, um, at, and this is no judgment. Cause I was this way before I kind of understood these circadian mechanisms, but like that perfectionist mindset, I think is more damaging to the nervous system yes. and, and mitochondria health uh, than anything, than that flash of light ever could be. Right. Yeah. So yeah, like be consistent. And then if, if you, if you feel like, let's say, Oh, what's an example? Like, you know, a kid wakes up in the middle of the night and throws up all over the place. So you actually have to turn lights on to, to clean up, you know, and you know, because the kid's vomiting, this is this, can you tell this was a true story? And because the kid is vomiting, <laughs> you don't, you don't necessarily, and you forgot your blue blockers mm-hmm. and you want to comfort the kid. And it's like an hour of comforting and cleaning and all that stuff. Is it okay? It absolutely yeah. is okay. Right. Like, yeah. what did I do? I slept until my body needed it. And then I went outside. I was like, I'm take, I have the capacity today to do a little extra walk in the morning. So instead of 20 minutes, I did a 40 minute walk. Yeah. yeah. Balance yeah. it right back out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We just get so caught up in perfectionism and, um, you know, I guess on this morning the light routine, one question I get often, cause people live in big cities or you have neighbors that have the floodlights on, you got the street lights on. <laughs> yeah. Blackout curtains. Um, no judgment. Love you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> One of my neighbors actually bought my leptin course. And I think I had to go back in and edit out the part where I was complaining about my neighbor's floodlights. <laughs> Sorry, neighbor. Sorry. She you just didn't know any better. She texted me. She's like, it was Thanksgiving time on my black Friday sale. And she's like, 
I'm going to buy your left-in course. I'm so excited. And I was like, oh crap, there's this one part where I'm like bitching about my neighbor's floodlights going right into my bedroom and it was hers. So I like immediately went and like had to edit that part out of my course. I'm like, cause they're the dearest, like sweetest oh, people. Course. I love them. They don't but know. Those they just don't know. Right. Yeah. Floodlights, like literally shining into my bedroom was like the bane of when we lived in that house and I had to oh. like tape over the window. It was horrible. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's, a, it's a, it's light pollution, right? It's like it a is. real problem. And in the mornings and people are maybe out taking a sunrise walk. I think a lot of people are concerned about these crazy street lights on before the sun comes up, if they happen to be out there. So I I'd love to hear what you tell people. I tell people you can wear yellow blue blockers until mm-hmm. the sun actually starts coming up, then take them off. And the light from the sun is actually going to kind of mitigate what's going on with those street lights. But that's my answer. I'd love to hear. Yeah. No, that's a great answer. Yeah. I have clients now. I don't have clients. If you're driving, I'd say oh, never, yeah. never drive in orange, right. Or no, reds. No. never, no, never, no, no, no. Um, yellow so, you can, but yeah, not I'll, orange I'll, or red. Right. Right. So like my experience with this is a couple of different things that I can help people with in the middle of winter. I have my orange ones on as I'm getting, cause the sun doesn't rise until frankly, after I drop the kids off at school. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, so I have my orange ones on while I'm helping pack lunches and, you know, getting kids ready situated. And then as soon as I get into the car, I've got my yellow pair there. Right. And so I'll put my yellow ones on and they're like my driving ones. It's a more intense yellow than this one. It's the raw optics yeah, uh, yellow. Yep. Which yeah, I find Vivas too. don't block as much of the blue light as no, the optics. I find do. these really good for like daytime to stay alert, but to yeah. like be protective. But uh, the raw optics is really good for like either early morning or evening driving yeah. um, to protect. Because those those street lights, no joke, have gotten worse over the course they of the are. last 10 years. They have. Sure. Yeah, sure. they absolutely have. Headlights too. And oh, so, yeah. yeah. And so like, yeah, wear the yellow ones. And then as soon as the sun comes up, go ahead, go outside, get that natural light into your eyes. Is it slightly an artificial signal because you're, un- you, you are seeing some blue light? Yeah. Yeah. But is that ultimately, it's not going to ruin everything. It's not, not going to negate the benefits of you being outside at that time. Exactly. Looking at, you know, being out there for sunrise and you exactly not going to wreck everything. That's exactly it. And even still, like, you know, I'll go, I'll go outside here. I'll open the back patio door and I'll just go outside. And are my neighbors, my neighbors have, the, it's automatic, right? The lights go on, uh, on at maybe dark nightfall and then off at sunrise. And so could the lights sometimes still be on over there? Or there's a streetlight kind of way back that way that, you know, can I see? Yeah, I can. But like the, the brightness of the sky, even 20 minutes before sunrise far out competes what, what those lights are doing. And if I have a meter, my, when I re, when I use my meter, there's ve- it's picking up very little of what they're putting mm-hmm. out to, to modify the the interior or the outside environment a, a ton. So just go outside, look at yeah. the sky, l- enjoy your time out there without being like, oh no, light artificial light. Blah, 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 blah. Just just enjoy your time outside. Your brain will pick it all up. Yep, exactly. So I guess our our to dos and our top priority, and I'm looking at my FAQ guide is sunrise and UVA taking light breaks to see the sun during the day. Cause you've got the blue blockers on. So you don't want to wear the yellow blue blockers all day without mm-hmm. taking a break to actually look at natural light going outside. Yep. You got to do it. And then blocking artificial light at night is yep. just a huge, huge, huge thing that people really, really need to prioritize because there's an, there's just a ridiculous amount of information that can, that shows now 
what a health hazard the artificial light at night actually is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, whether it's staring at an actual screen or like Sarah said, there's lots of research on just the light pollution alone. Mm-hmm. We are, we're not meant to be exposed to any light sources that contain blue light after mm-hmm. the sun sets. Mm-hmm. And when we are exposed to them, it has the potential to alter our hormone balance, to impair our ability to fall asleep, impair, impair our ability to ability to repair our body when we are asleep. And so it's just that it's, it's with, you know, it, it, it's a great caution that I, 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 people like, you know, I'll say if, if you don't block artificial light at night, that's your call. But like, I, I really, really hope that everyone is beginning to recognize that this is not a woo woo thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Like there's thousands and thousands of research studies. So is it kind of, is it inconvenient sometimes to wear the orange tone glasses and let's say, you know, sort laundry or match socks? Yeah. Because you can't see blue or here's the, here's the story. Here's, <laughs> my kids and I were playing, we're building with like building Legos and my, my, my son, they're trying to build like this ocean scene on the ground and they wanted all the blue Legos. Oh no. Color blue. I was like, is this one blue? No mom, that's green. Is this one blue? No mom, that's green. Like, so like little things like that, you kind of have to get used to, but otherwise there's, it's just wear the glasses and you'll, you'll prevent the, the negative effects from impacting your brain and body. So I have a kind of like a different, um, I would always wear my yellow raw optics whenever I'd go to recovery meetings. Um, and, and in recovery, cause they have these horrible fluorescent lights oh, I'm certain, yeah. in those buildings. So I was there probably about a year ago. I haven't been in a really long time because I've been home with my son, but they asked me to give out the chips. They give out chips to mark your time in sobriety. And I was wearing my yellow glasses and everyone there thinks I'm a weirdo anyway, but whatever. Um, So they've got the white chip. If you're brand new, they've got red chip, um, yellow chip for six months. Like, you know, they've got like a rainbow of chips. And I'm literally like standing up there. I can't see the difference between the white chip and the yellow chip. And I'm just like fumbling around and they're like, take off your stupid glasses. (laughs) Why are you even wearing those? Because you guys don't understand the flicker in this room. Oh, that's and the blue chip for a year multiples thereof. Yeah. Had no, I'm just like, okay, I I do got to take these off for this because I really couldn't. Right. Prime example of it's okay. Right. Sarah did not completely ruin her circadian rhythm in that moment. No, for a one minute chip ceremony is fine. Right. But yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Another one that I get though is when using blue blocking glasses, does it matter if the light leaks in? Oh, from the the size. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I like to, I, I like to address. So number one, what matters most after sunset? And if you use a circadian app, I say you have, you generally people, I want you to put them on between sunset and what also Bastion calls nightfall. Mm-hmm. Nightfall is like the cutoff, like right? Dusk, um, and yeah. typically you'll find, I find I naturally kind of put them on about 30 minutes to an hour before nightfall, give mm-hmm. or take. Me too. Um, sometimes in the middle of winter, like sunset for me, they're on. It's on. Yeah. But that being said, the parts of the eyes that are most sensitive to blue light, they, they're, the melanopsin receptors are at the backs of the bottom, the bottom backs of the eyes. And that makes sense because we're meant, the, the, we're meant to capture light when it's at its maximum from the sun, right? Lots, and that's when the sun's at its high point. 
So really when if the only time I would say it matters is let's say you were spending an hour or so underneath this in really intense led light and the light could leak in from above here the whole time. Yeah. Um, that might mean that you need the ones that look more like rec specs and kind of like suction to your face, uh, which the brand that I recommend for that is the spectra. Oh, <laughs> Oh, Dave, this, yeah, those would work, but the spec for the spectra four, seven, nines that, that I, that those are the ones that I've had people use. Those are I, less expensive too. They're less spectra expensive. They're 25 bucks. And that's what my son and my husband love. They just, yes. they're super easy and very comfortable. And if they step on them by accident, it's not as big of a deal. And they've got um, clip-ons too for regular glasses. Yep, Cause a lot yep. of people ask me, can I just get clip-ons? I'm like, yep. Get the spectra four, seven, nines. And if you love the blue blockers kind of the way that I do. And you want to make, have an upgrade and have a really nice pair that have your prescription. You can absolutely do that. I know raw optics and Viva rays both um, Mm. have that option where you can get your prescription through the company. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. But if you just want to start off with the clips, there's nothing wrong. They work very well. There's also fit over ones. My mom, I think first used the fit over ones that, you know, (laughs) you can picture that like you just came from an eye doctor's appointment, but they were like blue blocking glasses that fit over (laughs) Um, <laughs> and they all work, they all work, but here's the deal. You, you don't have to worry about it because the light coming through here is it's not going to hit those blue light receptors. Right. And, and so, and, and just a little bit of, let's say an incandescent bulb, even overhead, not going to do it. So like you're less, I'm way less concerned with the light leaking in from around the sides. Um, just because typically it's not going to impact those receptors. Exactly. Exactly. 